It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. I got a hell of a view this morning here on Wax, looking at two lovely ladies as we do the chores this morning at the shank of the day. I'm Bob, Jill is with us, and so is Casey. And if you don't know who Casey is, you'll find out in a hurry. Casey is our state FFA president. Hey, good to have you up and doing the chores with us, Casey. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bob. It's always a good morning when I get to come and see you guys. Well, it's good to have you along because Casey and her officer team, of course, is Casey is our state FFA president, and her officer team is uh, getting ready. Boy, you're under a month, you know. Yeah, we're under two weeks at this point, and it's coming up quickly. The team is so excited. We can't wait to see all the members again in June and to help celebrate all the accomplishments from the year. Yeah, we're talking about the Wisconsin FFA Convention. How many years is it down in Madison? How many years is the FFA? How many years have we been in Madison? I don't even know. I'm sure you probably don't have the tip of your tongue either. I don't know how many years we've been in Madison, but this is the 94th Wisconsin State FFA Convention. But it always hasn't been in Madison, so I don't know that exact number. Yeah, we've been down in Green Lake where, you know, these kind of temperatures in Green Lake, one room of air conditioning and all everybody staying in those dorms there. The old guys can remember when Green Lake was the home for the FFA and uh, some of those barns and buildings that uh, they stayed in. It was brutal. It was brutal down there. But uh, again, and then it moved to Madison down in the Capitol Square, and now it's out at the Alliant Energy Center. What's the theme this year? What's the, what's the focus? Our state theme is Elevate. So we focus on, we want our FFA members to elevate our chapters and our communities through the year, through the community service projects, and really getting back out of COVID and to a normal swing this year and getting back to normal and taking their chapters to the next level. All right. And Casey's going to be with us. And, uh, Joe, we'll have uh, a lot of dairy breakfast to talk about starting right away tomorrow. We do. Tomorrow, you get to head on over to Marshfield and be part of the dairy dairy breakfast at the Central Wisconsin State Fairgrounds, and that's from 5.30 to 9.30 a.m. Yeah, we'll be driving over there tomorrow morning, checking in with uh, the activities there, and tell you, I'm not going to take a jacket because it's going to be warm. It's 72 degrees right now. The warmest spot in the state as far as major reporting spot, maybe the best place to be right now, is Ladysmith. They're getting a little light rain, according to the latest forecast, and about 71 degrees in Ladysmith. Otherwise, uh, not many showers around here. As we look at our weather forecast, lots of farm news to take a look at, and Casey is going to be with us all morning long here as we do the chores on WAC. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather forecast is hot. And the forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Don't forget their new 2023 Subaru Ascents are now available. Check them all out at ChilsonMotors.com. Partly cloudy, at least through next Monday, so we'll see a lot of sunshine with maybe some of those pop-up showers or maybe even a pop-up storm, as uh, you know how it works around this part of the country. When we get a lot of hot weather, we get chances for these uh, rainstorms towards about chore time in the evening. 90 today and tomorrow, 91 on Saturday and Sunday. Monday, it cools off to 88. Warm spot right now that I saw is Eau Claire, 72 degrees on a Thursday morning. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM. 
W-A-X-X-O-Clear. Let's find out what's happening. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is applauding the House's passage of a bipartisan debt ceiling bill. Mark Mayfield reports. McCarthy said history was made with Wednesday's vote, adding he feels lawmakers did pretty dang good for Americans. The Fiscal Responsibility Act would suspend the nation's debt ceiling for two years. It includes non-defense spending cuts and policy provisions. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell tweeted after the vote, saying, now it's the Senate's turn to pass this agreement without delay. The deadline to avoid a potential U.S. default is just days away. The Justice Department says it has audio of former President Trump talking about a classified Pentagon document he took from the White House. CNN is reporting that in the recording, Trump acknowledges holding on to a classified document regarding a potential attack on Iran and that he would like to share the information, but is aware of limitations with declassifying records. Trump said that the document came from General Mark Milley, the outgoing chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Another state is sending National Guard troops to the Texas border with Mexico. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin announced on Wednesday he's deploying 100 troops to the border following a briefing from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Youngkin is the latest Republican governor to send National Guard soldiers to the border, joining states including Florida and Tennessee. Amazon's video doorbell division, Ring, is agreeing to pay a fine for mishandling customers' videos. Here again is Mark Mayfield. The tech giant reached a settlement with the Federal Trade Commission that will see it pay nearly $6 million. The FTC said Ring employees and contractors had unrestricted access to customers' sensitive video data for their own purposes. Ring will now be required to let customers know how much access to their data the company and its contractors have. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's take a look at our weather once again because it's hot. There's no two ways about it. Weather brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Save big on remaining new 2022 RVs at ChilsonRV.com. And when you go through, make sure the air conditioner works because you're going to need it. It's going to be a hot and, you know, it's Really short, sweet forecast, partly cloudy through about next Monday or Tuesday. Temperatures upper 80s to 90s, and maybe one of those pop-up showers is going to hit. So, again, it's 88 through Monday and maybe cooling down to about 84 on Tuesday. But otherwise, it's warm. 66 in Rice Lake this morning. Ladysmith, 71. A little light rain has gone through Ladysmith this morning. Medford, Wausau, Marshfield, 64. Lacrosse, 68. Green Bay, 61, 62 in the Madison Sun Prairie area, 64 in Milwaukee, and it's 72 right now in Eau Claire. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes after 5 o'clock in the market being brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And as we said, we do have a guest in the studio this morning. Casey Dank, our state FFA president, joining us in the studios. Didn't have to do chores at home this morning? Nope, not this morning. My dad gave me the morning off. Oh, what a guy he is. All right. Well, we're going to put you to work doing chores. Read us the cash livestock market numbers, if you would, Casey. We've got choice-fed beef steers at 165 to 176, with mixed at 116 to 164. Choice-fed beef heifers at 165 to 180, with our mixed at 110 to 164. Choice-fed Holstein steers at 146 to 158, with select silage fed at 91 to 145. 
Uh, cows at 84 to 102, with the top being at 119. Bulls are at 95 to 116. And then we've got butcher hogs at 33 to 85. And short, shorn market lambs with no quote and feeder lambs at 75 to 235. All right. And uh, let's take a look at the rest of the markets here. The uh, livestock futures yesterday at the Mercantile Exchange were higher across the board. June live cattle, 169.12, up 25. August, 167.67, up a half a dollar. October, 171.77, up 45. December, 175.45, up 60. Feeder cattle, August, 239.17, up a dollar 40. September, 242.22, up a dollar 55. October, at 244.12, up 165. November also up 165 at 244.17. January feeder cattle up 152 at 242.52. Hogs were higher as well. June 82.57 up 175. July 83.32 up 380. August up 30. Or excuse me, August up uh, yeah 305 at 81.85. And October up 185. At seventy five twenty, board of trade was down yesterday. Planning progress and dealing with the uh, big corn crop, big crops down in Brazil. Also, uh, check the gas prices because this gas is June, uh, July crude oil down another dollar forty three yesterday after being down about two dollars the day before, sitting at sixty eight oh three this morning. And I see they did come down about twenty cents, but uh, there's room for improvement, isn't there? Looking at the board, December corn overnight was up a nickel at five twenty seven, oats up two at three fifty three, wheat up twenty or excuse me, wheat up seven to eight cents at six thirty four, November soybeans up fourteen at eleven sixty, and December meal up three ninety a ton at three hundred sixty eight dollars ninety cents. Dairy markets continue to struggle. Barrel cheese traded one forty nine and three quarters yesterday, up a quarter of a cent. Blocks were down a penny at a dollar forty two and butter. Was up two and a half at two forty five and a half. May class three comes off the board yesterday, trading a penny higher at sixteen seventeen. And remember, last May the class three price ended up over twenty five dollars. June down fourteen at fifteen forty one. July down seventeen at sixteen fifteen. August down nineteen at seventeen dollars even. And September down eighteen cents at seventeen ninety five. Ten and a half minutes after five. Bob and Jill and Casey Dink doing the chores this morning on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 13 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Thursday morning at Wax. Again, a warm, hot day. No other way to put it. 72. It'll be about 90 today, tomorrow, 91 Saturday and Sunday. Casey Dink is with us, and uh, we have her in the studio getting ready for the state FFA 94th annual state FFA convention. Do you do anything at this convention, Casey? I know you got a lot of things planned, but uh, to this historical background or bring some in to recognize the history of the FFA in Wisconsin? Yeah, so actually one history or a little thing for our team this year, it's actually Miss Zimmerman's 30th team. So we're her 30th, 30th team that she's helped lead this year. So we're pretty excited about that. But we're going to highlight how, we're, how our organization has started, what we've or what we've grown into. And this year we're also going to be recognizing a high membership number. 
Not going to release that number quite yet, but the team is pretty excited about it, and we'll release that on the first general session at state convention. That's why we've got you in here, to get the scoop. Get the inside scoop yeah. a little bit, Bob? I don't know. <laughs> hey, you've been doing this for two years. I remember when you were just a sprout at Mondovi High School, and I was doing the FFA programs like we do every week, and you said your goal was to be a state officer. Did you ever think at that time it would lead to where it has? Honestly, no. I mean, that's quite a, that's a lot of moons ago, Bob, but it's always been a dream of mine and watching it come true and all the people I've gotten to meet through it, it's definitely a dream come true. There's no other way to put it. And the rewards and everybody I've met has made the experiences experience just remarkable. It really has. And uh, as we look at it uh, going forward, what's been the biggest challenge? I mean, you weren't in the COVID bunch but still, have we recovered completely from COVID as far as FFA involvement, do you feel? Yeah, I think this year that we did a good job at getting the members back. Last year, we were right out of COVID, and I think people were still a little bit hesitant. But this year, we saw high numbers at the conferences that we held, and members are eager to get back involved, so that was really good to see. But I think that the biggest struggle is I'm a person, I want to do everything I can. I want to be at every event that I can attend, and I did, wanted to do all the school stuff, too. I was a student at the University of Wisconsin River Falls, and I like to spend a lot of time with my family. So just the time management and trying to be everywhere you can, but be, making sure you're present at the event that you're at and definitely soaking in every moment. <laughs> sure. I, know. I remember talking to your dad, Mark. Of course, Mark's on the air with us with the Chippewa Valley Technical College program. But I remember when I talked to him about you being an officer, and he just kind of shook his head, and he says, I don't know where she's going. She's always doing something. And I used to laugh because he's so laid back and kind of calm. And you're go, go, go. So how has he weathered? The, I know your mom did fine, but how has he weathered the storm, so to speak, of you two years leading this program? Yeah, I think it's kind of been an adjustment because during COVID, I was home from school. And I considered myself kind of my brother and my dad's right-hand person. I like to do whatever they told me to do or whatever job on the farm. Then I went to college, and I've been serving two years as a state officer. So I went from being home a lot to really not being home at all. And my dad, it was quite the adjustment for him, I will say that. And <laughs> I think more for him than you. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. He doesn't. He he cannot keep my schedule straight to save his life, but that's okay. He gives me a call on my way home from events and always tries to keep up to date as much as he can. Uh, it's been a great run, that's for sure. Casey Dink is with us, and we've got some farm news to take a look at. We'll talk to Casey as the morning goes along, and she's going to help us out, too, as we look at some of the news in agriculture. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Northside Elevator, Loyal, Arcadia, Stanley. Take a look at the news. Joe, before we do that, Joe, what are the numbers today for the prices? Well, their cash prices for corn in Loyal is at five eighty three and soybeans are at twelve seventy four. In Arcadia, corn's at five eighty with soybeans at twelve seventy nine. Now what's going on? Well, the war in Ukraine is bringing Russia and China closer together, and that includes in agricultural products, products trading. Because many countries around the world have denounced Russian attacks in Ukraine and set up trading boycotts with Russia, China, which has not denounced the war, is stepping up to increase trade relations with Russia. In the past year, Chinese imports of food items from Russia make up about a quarter of China's total imports. China has also stepped up its purchases of Russian energy and aluminum products. The partnership has also meant China's exports to Russia reached a record high in April, 
over nine and a half billion dollars, up 153 percent from a year ago. And also making her debut doing Farm News on Wax, Casey Dan. Casey, well, Casey, what else is going on around the world? Also on the global front, we could see more consolidation in the world grain trade soon. That's because world grain trades in Viterra is in talks to merge with the U.S.-based Bungie Cooperation. Observers say the talks right now are, pre, are preliminary. The wheat, corn, and soybean trade is already concentrated among Bungie and three other large players. Last year, Bungie was the largest corn and soybean exporter from, Bra- from Brazil, while Vitero was the third largest corn and seventh largest soybean shipper. Last year, Bungie had revenues of over $67 billion, and a merger w- would bring them very close to the global leader in commodity trading. Archie Daniels Midland, which had sales of about $102 billion last year. All right, so those are just some of the stories making news today. We've got a, a whole lot more. June Dairy Month, of course, is our, our lead story, and we'll talk about that, where the breakfasts are, starting tomorrow over at the Dairy Fest in Marshfield. Their annual breakfast starts about 5.30. Coming up, we're going to look at the cattle trade. If you're trading cattle, how do you do it successfully? Next on Wax. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So we've all become very impressed with how valuable beef cattle are these days. If you're a producer, you obviously want to try to make sure that you're getting the best deal when it comes to marketing those animals. And now we've got more of our dairy industry that are also in the beef business with uh, beef on dairy breeding. But there are a lot of things happening in the beef cattle industry that uh, you also need to be aware of, not just about the high prices. Jarrah Settles is General Counsel and Vice President of Risk Mitigation for the Livestock Marketing Association, Livestock Marketing Insurance Agency. She's down in the Kansas City area. I'm not wrong here, am I, Jara? I mean, the the price on cattle, thank heavens, it's beautiful. It's strong, robust. <laughs> but uh, I've also been noticing a lot of stories from fellow farm broadcasters in Texas, Oklahoma, different parts of the countryside. There are some things that have been developing that aren't so positive about the cattle industry. Let's talk about what Livestock Marketing Association has been paying attention to. Uh, specifically with some deals that went wrong in Kentucky. Three people committed suicide because of the malfeasance. That's not the only situation that you're monitoring. Yeah, um, and and appreciate the interest in the topic. You know, obviously livestock auction markets were kind of at the the center of not only communities, but also the, the comings and goings of livestock all over the place. And so, um, you know, when prices are um, good but volatile, um, we can um, see kind of we're firsthand or, and first in line in the seats to kind of see um, some challenges some folks might get into. Uh, you know, the, the matter that you reference is, is still uh, an ongoing uh, investigation, and so there's still a little bit of lack of um, clear and, and expansive um, knowledge or, I guess, reporting on that matter, but um, it was uh, a situation where, uh, you know, it seems like the gentleman got in a little bit over his head. Um, and what can sometimes happen when we have uh, an individual with um, inventory uh, requirements to a lender and then the cattle market goes up dramatically is that those inventories get more expensive to maintain. Uh, and so things can unravel really quickly, um, even even without um you know, any of the, the other stuff that could have been going on as well. So, 
Um, you know, that's been something we've been watching closely. Thankfully, um, you know, no livestock auction markets were impacted um, to the best of our knowledge by that situation. But we do have some um, dealer members, people who buy and resell livestock, um, that, that were impacted um, by this matter. And so it's, it's really unfortunate um, and, and continue to kind of work through that situation uh, for those folks. You know, that's a good point, Jar. Let's, uh, you know, I mean, the headlines are the headlines. And like you said, the investigation is uh, ongoing. But let's talk a little bit about some of the questions that any cattle producer, be it our dairy beef guys or our uh, heritage beef folks, what kinds of questions should we be asking? You know, a lot of us in Wisconsin, we are creatures of habit. We dealt with the same people year after year. We go to the same sale barn. But to your point, some of these checks are getting pretty big. What kinds of questions or uh, information should our beef producers yeah. be asking, either of their sale barn, the people that they work with, just so that they have peace of mind that they're safe? Well, um, and the safest place to sell your livestock continues to be at your local livestock auction market. Um, those entities are fixed facility, and in many cases, they've been there for decades and generations. Um, and so that's always going to be your safest place to sell your livestock. Um, there's a few layers of protections at a livestock auction market, um, one is, of which is their bond. Um, they're bonded um, under the rules of the uh, United States Packers and Stockyards um, Act. Uh, and then further, there's the requirement that they maintain all funds that are owed to producers in a custodial account, which is a trust account. Um, what is particularly special about um, a custodial account in, in current days is uh, it has amplified FDIC insurance to the extent the bank fails, um, which has been obviously a different topic of, of, of interest for folks um, in, in the country. But, um, yeah, the, that money in that custodial account is, is um, pretty dang safe. Um, you know, the beauty of the livestock auction market is you show up, you bring your cattle, you watch them sell, you get a piece of pie, you go to the pay window and you get a good check and you take it to the bank and it cashes. And so that's, that's the absolute safest. Um, you know, if you're going to be doing some country transactions, you know, like I said, we've got some very good, very reputable, um, you know, dealer members, uh, that, that go out in the country and, and find those cattle and, and, and bring them up. Um, you know, first question I'd be asking is, are you bonded? Um, and, and you can get on the, uh, AMSUSDA.gov, um, website and, and do a search for dealers, um, to see if they have a bond, what their bond level is. Um, but, you know, remember that the bond process is really slow, uh, and you have to file a bond claim within 60 days of the transaction. And so if somebody gets you kind of strung along, you might easily miss that window. Um, the other, you know, protection to keep in mind is that if you're selling to a dealer, someone who's um, in the business of buying and reselling livestock professionally, you have a second layer of protection, and that's the dealer statutory trust. That's something, um, actually, Pam and I, I think we talked about years ago at our convention, trying to get that passed into law, and, and thankfully, um, through the hard work of our congressional partners, that did get passed into law. And so there's some extra protections for folks that sell to dealers, uh, under that piece of law. But the first question I would ask if, if somebody came to my place wanting to buy a pan of calves, um, would be, you know, are you a bonded and, um, livestock dealer? Uh, and then I would 
trust but verify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, Jara Settles is along with us. She is the general counsel and vice president of risk mitigation for the Livestock Marketing Association, and they've been talking about this for a while. You know, the other thing that uh, you want to make sure you're kind of keeping an eye on is uh, where are these cattle going? How many cattle have you been promised? Uh, out west, where cattle may not be so close to the homestead, am I correct that like herds are disappearing because of their high value? Yeah, um, you know this is a twofold issue. One, there's the issue of cattle getting straight up stolen, <laughs> like the like the days of yore of, of rustling up cattle. Um, you know that that is a problem whenever prices get high. Uh, you get some amateur cowboying that um, you know leads to some livestock uh, leaving. Uh, the other piece is, you know, cattle disappearing that never existed. And that's kind of the, the concept we've, we've heard of in the last handful of years of ghost cattle. Uh, and that's, it's a problem from an investor's perspective and also from a financial institution's perspective of, you know, extending money on livestock that you never have laid eyes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of trust mm-hmm. uh, that you're putting into a person uh, to make sure that they're um, actually doing what they say that they're doing. Yeah. And again, selling beef risks. How do you do it? What's the look? What do you look at in the market? Jared settles with the Livestock Marketing Association talking about that today on Wax. Hey, you like noise? Boy, we got some coming up. No, Rocky's coming up. He doesn't have a lot of noise. He just gives us a market. But there's noise coming up over in Ellsworth. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rocky Olson joins us from over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. You're very familiar with the Livestock Marketing Association, aren't you, Rocky? Yes, we are. They're a good organization. We're glad to be a member. Yep, and uh, that's a success, but uh, they follow those markets and know the trends, that's for sure. Well, we uh, lost the first day of the trade, but we've had a couple more since. What's going on? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, we'll had a good, good week, and like I said, a full detailed market report always on our website. First, we'll tell you about uh, our dairy cattle auction, a little lighter run of dairy cattle here, guys. We sold 135 head of dairy cattle with one tie stall herd, uh, 65 head of cows in that herd. We had top fresh cows from 2000 to 2450, uh, many other cows from 1475 to 1975. The 165 cow herd, 65-pound uh, average, averaged out at 1700. Uh, the top uh, spring and heifers were 1500 to 2000. We sold a top red and white Holstein breeding bull for 2650. Uh, next week, Wednesday, we got uh, two complete herd dispersals. Uh, here's a market recap for the week. Uh, top Holstein fed steers, high choice and prime, 145 to 163. Choice beef steers and heifers all the way up to $1.73. Market cows, high yielding from 98 to $1.22. Uh, uh, many from 80 to 97. Top market bulls from a dollar five to a dollar 25. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue strong from 175 all the way up to 350 dollars on the Holsteins. Beef calves mostly from 200 all the way up to 580. Holstein heifer calves 50 to 190. Very very good markets this week. Uh, next week uh, Tuesday we're going to have our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows. Uh, 
time of year, guys, you guys are looking. we got lots of nice quality beef breeding bulls, Angus, uh, Red Angus. Uh, got some nice Herefords. We're expecting six to 800 head for next Tuesday. Questions? Uh, give us a call at Premier at 715-229-2500. Check out our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, reminder, this is the last week to consign your farm equipment. Uh, we are going to be taking equipment all week this week. We'll be taking equipment Saturday up until noon uh, for June 16th's big machinery auction. Keep in mind, you can start bidding on items now. Um, not everything is on the equipment facts, but we're working uh, to get them all on. Uh, but you can put your pre-bids in there. Pretty neat deal. It'll remind you as the items are coming up uh, for sale, too. So that is the way things are shaping up uh, at Premier Bob. So we're into June Dairy Month. You got some ice cream cones or something available for the folks at the sale barn this month? Yeah, I, we're kind of working on doing a little good. something for that right now, actually. So Good Keep man. Back. All right. Hey, Rocky, have a good one. You too. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock and with you. We'll find out how hot it's going to get and are we going to get wet as we look at our markets, weather, news brought to you by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Skywarn 13. Mike Dandry is up and at him and taking a look at our weather forecast. When's it going to rain? Well, I mean, that's the question that's on everyone's mind, Bob. But uh, we might have some pop-up showers and storms again, but it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, that soaking rain that we could really use. Uh, not really tracking much of that into the forecast as it is going to be that same stagnant pattern that we've been Uh, hanging out in really for the last couple of weeks, seemingly. Uh, Today, we'll have temperatures into the upper 80s and low 90s. We'll have those intervals of clouds and sun throughout the morning. Chance at a pop-up shower or storm through the afternoon. And then tonight, partly cloudy, temperatures into the mid to upper 60s. So it is going to be a warm one. Tomorrow, we may have a better chance at a pop-up shower. Still looking at a good bit of moisture uh, near the surface. Dew points creeping up into the 60s by tomorrow. But still, nothing looking widespread going into Saturday. We'll have a mostly sunny sky early on. Temperatures into the upper 80s and low 90s. Sunday, that's where we start to dry things out. Still hot, though. Temperatures into the upper 80s yet again. Staying dry for Monday. Mid-80s, we cool it down into the low to mid-80s by the middle of next week but uh, not really looking at any good chances at some showers in the forecast, at least not as of right now, and a temperature of 69 degrees to kick us off. So for what it's worth, Bob, it's a pretty nice morning. Oh, it is a beautiful morning. Can't complain about that. But uh, We need rain. Yeah, we need some showers. (laughs) That is for sure. Hey, Mike, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You bet. Happy June Dairy Month, by the way. Yes, absolutely. We're (laughs) into June Dairy Month. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13. We'll find out what's going on in some of our local news next. Here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get into the newsroom where the old cowgirl, Morgan McCarthy, is with us. You ever think about being a cowgirl, riding a rodeo or anything like that, or just hang around so you can find a cowboy? Well, not an old one. You might (laughs) want to try that sentence all over again, buddy. There's still some miles in this old mare, let me tell (laughs) you. Oh, boy, but the rodeo season, dairy breakfast, June, everything happens this summer. Oh, looking forward to it. Yeah, you definitely want to hang on for more than eight seconds. There's plenty of fun ahead. that is for sure. What else is going on? Well, we better giddy up, get Bob out of trouble, right? And we start with headlines that keep us in our area for the most part, including 
including the courts in Chippewa. Prosecutors say a bust this week and added drugs, guns, and stolen cars with the DA yesterday announcing charges against Brandon Herman. Investigators saying they found pounds of pot, drugs, and other items at his home in Lafayette. Also, nearly $20,000 in cash being held on $50,000 bond. That update from Sheriff Hakes you can find online 715newsroom.com. In other headlines that stretch the state, when it comes to the political stage, Wisconsin's Attorney General wants the federal government to set up PFAS standards for drinking water so the state isn't on its own. A.G. Josh Call signed on to a letter of the EPA urging a federal set of standards for PFAS contamination, saying that people across the country need to feel safe when they turn on the tap. Now, currently, no federal standards, which means every state can set its own, and Wisconsin did set its own PFAS standards in February of last year. Meanwhile, while we're at the uh, lawmaker level, they were at work yesterday inching closer to new rules for the state's National Guard when it comes to sexual assault and harassment cases. An assembly panel yesterday approved three pieces of legislation that would make it clear what is and what is not acceptable from guardsmen. The legislation follows a series of reports about sexual abuse or harassment at Madison's Air Guard unit. Part of the plan would have Wisconsin roll some regular Army regulations on relationships between officers and enlisted personnel into state law. Well, if you like to saddle up, Wisconsin Bike Fed announces Wisconsin Bike Week. That starts this Saturday and runs through next Saturday, so June 3rd through the 10th, and some local events going on as well for uh, celebrating that. You can find more info online at 715newsroom.com. And not a bad place to raise a family, especially if you got to kick the kids out of bed to get them help you with chores this summer. And it turns out there's a place worse than us. Sorry, Cleveland. You don't rock. WalletHub is a personal finance website that uses criteria such as family fun, health and safety, affordability, and socioeconomics to put together the list. The list was composed of the 182 most populated cities in the country. Cleveland took the 182nd spot on the list, meaning it was determined to be the worst city to raise a family. Cleveland's last place was due to separation and divorce rates, the percentage of families living in poverty, violent crime rate per capita, and median family salary. Fremont, California, was named as the best city to raise a family. I'm Mark Mayfield. And we're doing pretty good uh, as far as families go around here, I'd say. Get those kids to work for you. And good kids doing good things. We have Casey with us today as well as we head back to the barn with Bob, Jill, Casey, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax, 104.5. State FFA president. That means she rules over Boyceville, too. Oh, (laughs) now I no longer hold that crown, I guess. uh, All right, we'll uh, pass the pickle on. There you go. You can rule over Boyceville. Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) Anytime, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning here on Wax, 20 minutes to 6. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Sneaking up on 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. Jude Dairy Month is here and uh, we'll be out at some of the dairy breakfasts. We'll talk about tomorrow. I will be over at the Dairy Fest breakfast in Marshfield doing a few things over there, talking to people and a lot of folks along with us to help celebrate June Dairy Month as uh, Jill and I get to the dairy breakfast. Egg Country Farm Credit Services, the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Security Financial Bank, Tractor Central, also Bluff Country Feed and Seed, the Alliance Bank, Arcadia Farm and Home, and Colby Chrysler's helping us to celebrate June Dairy Month. And Jill, I mentioned tomorrow, but what about the weekend? Well, you've got a lot of choices on Saturday. You can go to the Chippewa County Dairy Breakfast. That's on Saturday from 8 to 11 at the Kadat Junior Senior High School. If you're down Cashton Way, you can go to the Monroe County Dairy Breakfast. 
And that's from 7 to 11 at the Maple Twin Farms. Also on Saturday, we've got the Barron County Breakfast from seven or from 6 to 11. That's 6 to 11 at the Corny, Corey and Janelle Picknell Farm. And the Athens FFA has their breakfast at Memorial Park on Saturday from 7 to 11. Then sliding on down to Sunday, if you're not full of pancakes, head to Stratford FFA has their alumni breakfast on Sunday from 7 to 12.30, and that's at the Country Air Restaurant. Also on Sunday, there's the Grant and FFA Dairy Alumni Breakfast. That's at Mark and Julie Kehart Family Farm in Granton. On Sunday, they're serving from 7 to 12.30. And in Abbotsford on Sunday, they're serving from 7 to 12 o'clock at Midwest Sidewalls in Curtis. Did I get them all? I don't know. You got the list. I don't. Casey, the Buffalo County Dairy Breakfast, when is that and where is it? You were telling us. Yeah, that's going to be June 24th at Danzinger Farms in Elma. All right. And uh, that voice, if you're wondering who Casey is, if you're just joining us, Casey Dink, current state FFA president, getting ready to wrap up her two-year career as a state officer, serving this year as, of course, the state president. Give us some of the highlights, Casey, of, and I know you've got some things that you like to surprise people with at the convention, so we won't delve into all that, but give us the overall, overall theme and what kind of message you want to send out to, you know, the other FFA members around the state. What's it all about? Yeah, so this year our team focused a lot on our state theme was Elevate. So we wanted FFA members to think about how they could elevate their own leadership skills, how they could elevate their chapters and how together we could elevate our communities that our chapters are a part of. So we hope that after convention they continue this trend next year and continue to elevate our organization to levels beyond where we can think of. And with high membership numbers, we're very fortunate, and we are very hopeful that this will continue the trend like with our FFA members. But at this year's convention, we're looking for a fun-packed few days. We're going to have the Expo Center like we always do where FFA members can meet with industry professionals and meet with alumni members. We've also got a plethora of workshops FFA members can partake in, and we've got general sessions. We've got our state degree ceremony, which we're where we are awarding 383 state degrees this year to our FFA members, and we are very, very excited about that. That's a higher number than we've seen in the past years also. So our team's very happy. We think we made a full recovery from our COVID setbacks that happened a few years back, so we're very excited. Got your leaving speech, your farewell address all written? Yeah, my retiring address is all written, and I've been walking through the cornfields and through the woods trying to memorize it. <laughs> How many times are you going to cry? Ooh, I don't know. I usually don't cry. <laughs> I mean, much, I'm not Bob, saying I'm not saying that to make fun. I mean, it's a it's, it's a touching moment. This is a big part of your life the last two years, and I, I say that in in admiration for what you've given up to be a state officer and and a president. So I, I don't say that in jest. I say it seriously. Yeah, I know there's going to be some tears shed for sure this year. More by you or more by your dad? Again, I'll (laughs) go back to your dad because I know him so well. Yeah, I I know for sure I'm going to cry, and maybe good old Mark will shed some tears. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to wait to see in June to see if that happens. But I'm so blessed with this experience and the team that I got to serve alongside both of them. They're just remarkable, and the members I've met, there's definitely going to be some tears shed. Yeah, and rightly so. Well, we appreciate you coming in, and I know uh, Jill and Casey are going to talk later, so we'll fill in some of the holes that uh, we didn't get to this morning. But again, the theme is Elevate. Yep, Elevate. All right. Uh, well, congratulations, and thank you for two years of uh, literally 
putting your life on hold, kind of at least, but you are going to graduate already next year. Yep, so that was my deal with myself. If I was going to run for state office, I was going to stay on track with my education as well. So I'm still on the four-year plan, and I'm going to graduate this coming May with a degree in agriculture business. Uh, Good for you. As we always say, good kids doing good things. I should say good young adults doing good things because uh, they are maturing in a hurry when they get into those kind of positions. And, uh, you know, what's now? I mean, we always talk about who's going to run for national office. Is that on your radar? I knew you were going to ask that, Bob, because you like to ask those questions, don't you? That's but what my job is. This time, I actually have an answer for you. I'm too old. Oh, you are? Yep, so I aged out. So, no, this is officially the end of my FFA journey, and that's another reason why I will be hanging up the jacket in June, and there's going to be some tears for sure. Well, deservedly so. And, uh, Casey, we'll, we'll say thank you to you right now, and I know we'll talk to you more before before the convention's over, but uh, thanks for everything you've done for the last couple of years, and thanks for coming in this morning. Yeah, and thank you both for being a part of my FFA journey as well. All right, Casey Dank from Mondovi, the state FFA president, as the 94th convention is getting close. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, 69 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Brittany and Baron Equity. There was a light test for our fed cattle on Wednesday sale, but our cull cows were strong, with the top 20% selling between $1.09 to $1.18, topping at $1.20.50. 60% sold from $84 to $1.08, and the bottom 20% sold $83 and down. For coal bulls, they sold from $1.18 to $1.25 with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. For feeder cattle, we had quite a few beef feeder bulls in, and they sold from $1.69 to $2.08, and Holstein feeder steers were about $1.12 to $1.50. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is June 17th. If you would like to bring in any animals for this sale, please contact us at 715-537-5618, and we can get them advertised on our website and social medias. And as always, if you would like someone to come to the farm and look at livestock, you can contact that same number, which is 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to slide south to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eamon. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers. 177 to 185 at the top of 187. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 161 to 176. The beef and dairy cross steers 155 to 175. The high yielding choice Holstein steers 155 to 163 with the top of 165. Choice and select Holstein steers 144 to 154 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 98 to 143. Cow market steady high yielding cows 105 to 120 with the top of 124. Cutters and utilities 89 to 104 with the low yielding and cannon cows 48 to 88 cents. Bull market steady to stronger with most bulls bringing $1.10 to $1.25 with the top of 134. The thin full of bulls over ton discounted at $1.09 and down. Just a reminder our next sale will be Thursday, June 1st for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon followed by feeders at 12 30. This is Hut aiming at Equity Lives in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. June Dairy Month continues as Jerry Fitzgerald joins us more with the Stratford Sale Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Happy June Dairy Month. Well, Bob, and thank you, and a good morning to you. And uh, 
Well, I will say uh, we've got great weather for making hay. It dried good yesterday, but I was looking on the radar when I got up uh, a little bit ago, but there was a pretty decent little pop-up shower in eastern Marathon County, so I don't think we got anything over in this part of the world where I'm at. But uh, a little rain would certainly be appreciated. I know a lot of folks are putting hay up, but... uh, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, we could all use a little shot, and that's what we're seeing, pop-up showers. Lady Smith had some. Well, it's Thursday. What's been going on here the last two or three days? Well, we've been busy here. Despite the weather, Equity Stratford has been busy this week, and we'll tell the folks about yesterday's auction. Again, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And uh, we'll start with the feeder cattle sale yesterday here at Stratford. Uh, lighter weight beef steers yesterday, mostly from 165 to 225. Uh, your middleweight, 48 weights, mostly uh, 160 to uh, 220. Heavier beef steers, mostly 130 to 170. Lighter weight beef heifers, pretty much in a range from 150 to 225. The rest of the beef heifers, mostly from 130 to 165. Holsteins, lightweight Holsteins, uh, 130 to 167 and a half. Uh, the rest of the Holsteins pretty much always from 110 to 140. Now we'll get into the market auction. Cows continue to be a conventional cows. Very strong cow market. The high yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday's auction selling from a dollar to a dollar twenty. Uh, we did an extreme top at a dollar thirty on a very high yielding beef cow. Most of the cows this week are selling between 75 and 99, and your thinner cows, lighter carcass cows below 74. On the fed cattle trade yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from 145 to 155. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 156 to 163. Select grading under finished cattle, 135 and below. Uh, a summary on the calf market so far this week, better quality Holstein bull calves selling from 150 to 350, topping at 360. Uh, that was on Tuesday. Heifer calves mostly from 50 to 125. Again, earlier in the week at 165, topping the heifer calves and those good quality beef calves, 250 to 500. We did top at 5.30. We are at Thursday. Our auction this morning starts at 11 o'clock. Full marketing day, including cows, fed cattle, bulls, baby calves. We'll get to those after the lunch hour, 12, 12.30 this afternoon. Just keep in mind, folks, our next dairy auction is going to be next Tuesday, June the 6th. We do have a complete herd dispersal for that sale. Along, uh, Also coming along with that, there will be a consignment of some organic springing heifers. So... A lot of information on our website on that, so uh, we'll have more to say about it in the morning, but folks, you can read that for yourselves. And again, uh, Bob, it's all getting to be 5-2, so I better turn her back to you, and uh, we will be um, we'll be over at the breakfast tomorrow at some point, I'm guessing, not sure what time, so it's just a lot of stuff going on. But again, um, all over the country, I'm sure, there's a lot of, not only is there a lot of field work, but a lot of road construction, so like we say, folks, do drive careful, and uh, leave early, nothing wrong with that. Boy, that is for sure. Well, if you get there in time, we might see you in the morning. But uh, have a good start to the month, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. You also. And uh, and uh, as long as he's still there, tell Casey we appreciate all the stuff she does because there's a lot of great, great FFA programs in our country. And, uh, you know, all the stuff was on the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's good to read about and hear about some good young people that are doing good stuff. Absolutely. She uh, hears you loud and clear. And thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, bye now. There you go, Jerry Fitzgerald at Stratford. And TYM Tractors from uh, Synergy Corp. Richland bring us the markets. Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Planning progress, big Brazilian crop. Looking out to December now. December corn overnight up a nickel at 527. Oats up to at 353. December wheat up 20, up uh, 7 to 8 cents at 634. 
November soybeans up 14 at 11.60 and meal up 3.90 a ton at 3.68.90. Country elevators are on the area. Northside Elevator Loyal Location corns at 583 with soybeans at 1274. In Arcadia corns at 580 with soybeans at 1279. Wheat and Grain Chippewa Falls and Connorsville Location corns at 573 with soybeans at 1268. And on our DTN screen, corn today at Golden Plump 595 a bushel. Baldwin 559 beans 1254. Duran corn 559 beans 1249. Mondovi and Elmwood, 563 on the corn, 1254 in the beans. Fall Creek, 549 and 1224. Corn at Osseo, 576 beans, 1254. Elk Mound, 570 and 1267. Sparta, 584 corn, 1244 in the beans. Ellsworth, 549 on the corn, 1214 on the beans. At the ethanol plants, Boyceville's corn is 592. Stanley is 596. New Richmond, 594. Barrel cheese up a quarter, one forty nine and three quarters. Blocks down a penny, a dollar forty two. Butter up two and a half, two forty five and a half. May class three, up one, closing at sixteen seventeen. June down fourteen at fifteen forty one. July down seventeen at sixteen fifteen. August seventeen dollars even, and September down eighteen at seventeen ninety five. Once again, partly cloudy. See some sunshine today. High about ninety. It's a very pleasant sixty nine right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.